In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even... Even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And I'm Caitlin Bird. And the Betches Sub Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit going on in the news, brought to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Yes, it is. Okay. What? Welcome, Caitlin. It's Wednesday. It's hot. I don't suggest surviving without air conditioning. I've been doing it now this entire summer. Please don't do that. If you can find air conditioning, please stay inside of it. Like literally get inside the air conditioner. <laughs> like inside of it. <laughs> That's impressive. It's like the core cool of the AC. Yeah. Like it's, I'm, I'm like, wow, you know, it'd be really great to visit this time of year. The Arctic. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's really rough. It's so hot. Yeah, it's really. We're getting into the the brutal part of summer, both um, weather wise and psychologically. Oh my gosh, it's like I, you know, in so many ways, we were kind of like, hopefully, like time will will give us more perspective on all of this. And it's just like, no, it just made us very sweaty and disgusting while dealing with horrible things. Yeah, that was not what I was hoping out of my summer. <laughs> No. Summer 2020. Remember <laughs> when we were going to reopen by Easter? Woo! <laughs> oh, man. Remember when hot weather was supposed to make the virus go away? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll yeah. disappear in the summer. <laughs> I, I, like, oh. I look back on people who were like, I'm going to keep my summer vacation booked. I'm like, no. I mean, I guess if you live in other countries and you're not banned from everywhere else... You can yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the most exciting thing that's happening right now is that we found out that American passports have inverted in their usefulness. It used to be a ticket to get anywhere in the world. Virtually everyone was going to give you a visa if you're American. Now, you can't get one if your mother is dying in Italy. Like, they'll just be like, I'm sorry, you can't come. And that's the My answer to... <laughs> you are a <that's>... disease. <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer to how much damage can he do in four years? Oh yeah, I, that that kind of kind of brings us right there, doesn't it? Because like, remember when we were all like, "Hey, you shouldn't elect Donald Trump. He's a terrible person who will do uncalculated damage to this country. Like, there's untold amounts of damage he will do to everything we hold dear." People were like, "Nah, Hillary Clinton sent some emails. <laughs> that did happen." Yeah. And I don't know, can you really trust the lying bitch who sent <laughs> those emails? Speaking <laughs> of he called, people calling each other lying bitches. <laughs> on the steps of the Capitol. Um, you know, like, you know, <laughs> can you really, can you really believe it? Guess we'll have to just go with untold misery. Oh, shit. Untold misery is bad. <laughs> Was not prepared for this. Us, like, yeah, yeah, we actually, we were. We're all prepared for this. 
Right. It's just, it's frustrating. Basically today we want to talk about the Republicans who are going to be potentially speaking um, at the convention and, you know, just generally the topic of never Trump Republicans, which we've never quite dove into on this podcast. But speaking of the people who in 2016 understood that Trump could actually be a serious, serious danger and threat versus the people who were like, it won't be that bad. You're, you're exaggerating. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely a large segment of people who insisted that uh, the left was hysterical. They love uh, painting people left of center, all, the entire spectrum of people, people who are like moderate all the way to people who are like legitimately anarchists, all that they love painting as hysterical. Oh, you're just getting worked up about stuff. Trump derangement I know, syndrome. Man, I think like a hundred, over a hundred thousand people dying from a virus that was actually easily preventable because we know because other countries have kept their casualties down to single digits in some cases. Hong Kong has has more people than New York City, but New York City has literally thousands more casualties than Hong Kong did. Hong Kong got down to I think ten was the number. Like, how do you? And then, then to say, like, oh, well, we couldn't have done anything. Yeah, you could have done stuff, obviously. If other major world cities are managing not to have thousands of their citizens die, it's possible that we could have avoided this clearly. Yeah, I mean, through a combination of not dismantling um, the Obama pandemic preparedness plan and um, not putting money over human life. Well, I'm sorry. We just said money over human life. I, as a, I'm as I'm being here as a Republican. I cannot understand what you just said. That's <laughs> confusing. Isn't money the whole purpose of human life? <laughs> Win. There you go. See, I just won that argument. Right. <laughs> Kill grandma to, to save the economy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I think that kind of gets to like the whole mentality around. Donald Trump and the whole mentality of the Republican Party has been, I mean, we're talking about them not extending unemployment benefits right now. The, the extra credit, that, that's literally the only reason our economy is, is, is still functioning at this point. Anyone who made it through Macro 101 could tell you that if in a consumer-based economy, you need people to consume stuff the people who are most likely to consume stuff are the people who have zero marginal dollars. They have to spend every dollar they get. People who are currently getting an extra $600 on unemployment, that's the difference between them surviving and not. They're, all of that is consumption. 100% of that $600 is going towards consumption. There are very right. few people who are on unemployment right now who are like, oh man, extra $600. Guess I'll just sock that away in my savings account. Like, no one's doing that. So that money is going immediately back into the economy within like 30 seconds of it hitting people's bank accounts, if they even have bank accounts, if they're not just getting it directly as a check, like we, we are actually keeping the economy alive through that by itself. And yet Republicans are out here being like, the time has come to get people off the teat of government. And I'm like, this is the, how we're propping up our economy, you guys. Like, I don't know, maybe you could just wait for Jeff Bezos to continue making even more billions of dollars off of human misery. But like, why, why, not, why not skip that and just go directly to giving people money? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that, um, you know, people, they're at least kind of like 
conventional wisdom was that the Republican Party under was the one that understood economics and the ones that were fiscally responsible. I mean, obviously, we've known for a long time that that is a complete sham of and not really reflective of the reality whatsoever. Trickle down economics is fake. So the fact that they are resistant to giving while they're willing to give billionaires more tax cuts and pump more money into large large huge businesses through the stimulus they're unwilling to actually rescue like regular people who when that's the most efficient stimulus money you can put out there versus like when you give it to huge companies they're the ones who are stocking it away and giving it back into shareholder back to shareholders in the form of like dividends and like yeah. stock buybacks so it's sort of just the the whole sham of the Republican Party and everything they like allegedly stand for is being completely exposed right now. Not that it hasn't been exposed for a long <laughs> We've time, been but doing like this for at a this point, time. there's at this point there's like no there's no turning there's no excuse there's no argument. There's, and yet, there we're still going to invite them to come speak at the convention, which makes zero sense to me. Like, none of these people have changed their principles fundamentally at all. What's happened is that their principles are being ruined, ruined. They're being attached to Donald Trump. They're being attached to him, and they don't like that. And they're like, look, all of this stuff would be fine as long as Donald Trump wasn't doing it. The problem is he's a jerk. He's loud. He's difficult. He's a liar. He, he makes us look bad. And I was like, your policy is bad. He just explains why it is awful. He's just the embodiment of all the stuff that you kept saying was not true about you. And then you guys, and I think it's really important to establish this, the Republican Party did not get taken over. They're going to talk about this all the time. I was forced to leave my party, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, you were not, okay? The party conceded to Donald Trump. The yeah. voters, Republican primary voters, gave him enough votes, but not quite enough to win a convention. He actually did only had a plurality of the vote. Any one of the 16 other contenders in that field could have put together a plan to coalesce support from other factions and say, hey, put me at the top of the ticket. I've got the largest other share. We can do this together. The only problem was that that person was Ted Cruz. That <laughs> other person was Ted Cruz. Do you see how bad your party has gotten when the two people who are likely to be running for president are Donald Trump and Ted Cruz? Do you know what kind of humanity abyss of morality you had to have created for those to be your options? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's where that's how it ended up. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of 
gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. What you're saying really does speak to like, not only like in terms of policy, but in terms of like the actual individuals and the types of people they are and what they're exposed to as elected leaders because of the lies that they've told and the, you know, sort of corruption that they've engaged in. Like the fact that the, that only one Republican, Mitt Romney, could even muster the strength to vote for half of a removal like the fa- and that that is like a massive symbol of like moral courage. Yeah. I think that what that shows is not only that like they've gotten behind him ideologically, but that they are so tied to him because the the dirty money that runs through the Republican party doesn't just run through Donald Trump, it runs through every single one of them. Like all of these people are exposed in terms of like corrupt shit that they've done and whether they're they're afraid of being spo- exposed by a foreign in, you know a foreign country or by a journalist or just generally because the entire system is dirty and rotten in the Republican party. My my intuition tells me that the only reason Mitt Romney was able to like muster that half of a vote is because he's like personally maybe personally he has been more ethical than all of his colleagues so maybe they didn't have enough on him that he couldn't that he had to go along with them but my take on the rest of them is that like none of them can actually muster the courage to speak out because they're so engaged they're so deeply into shady shit that like it would end them entirely yeah i'm looking at you lindsey graham it it can't be it can't be that he's closeted, which is its own separate thing. And I don't want to get into like the fact that a lot of the attacks on Lindsey Graham are deeply homophobic from the left. But like the point is that like we're it's an open secret, so that's not gonna that's not the dirt. When people are like, oh, they got dirt on him, I was like, that's probably not it. It's probably it's money more, laundering. I think probably it's probably right. money laundering. Right. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's literally it's serious shit. 
it's not that he's like it's not that it's not like oh this person like you know had an escort a male escort once like none of yeah. that is what's keeping them it's more than that it's that their whole being and who maybe yeah maybe that's one piece of it maybe it's that maybe it's that their money is shady maybe it's that you know maybe it's that they did some shady things in an election one year like there's it's that all of it it's that all of their doings are so just dirty that it would sure. all, their whole being would come crashing down and that's honestly why i think there were there were even able to be like certain never trumpers from the beginning like someone like colin powell or john Kasich. and i'm not saying that they should be speaking at any sort of democratic convention but i think that the people who got out early were the ones who weren't like so deep in it that they had to stay essentially yeah, Colin Powell already traded away his uh, his viability. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second. He did that. First of all, he left the party back in 2008 when the Obama was running. And, uh, of course, he got, like, lots of racist vitriol for that. He basically used his credibility uh, on the world stage to lie us into a war. I'm never going to forget that. I don't know why we've kind of, like, moved on. Oh, the Bush administration just lied to get us into Iraq. I guess it's fine now. Like, if you want to say, like, to me, the, one of the biggest problems is that we didn't look back enough and that paved the way for people to be like, well, I guess it's just normal now. I guess it's just what we do. And so Trump took that and ran with it. And the Republican Party hasn't looked back at itself and said, maybe we made some mistakes during the time that we had unified control of government. <laughs> maybe those early 2000s were not the best for the country. Maybe we should work on making the country better rather than improving our own political fortunes. Yeah, I mean, what's accelerated in the past three years is really only like a very, very sped up and intensive version of what they were doing from 2000 and on. Or really, you could even argue like 1998 with the Clinton impeachment. Like, you know, I would say 1994 with Gingrich. Right. I mean, you could take it back, but like it, it has accelerated. It definitely accelerated after 2000 with the whole war on terror and like, you know. And the Supreme Court choosing our president. Right, exactly. So, yeah, you, because all of that was okay and never like, I don't know, never really like reconciled, what's happening now has been able to happen at such a quick rate. Yeah. Because a lot of norms had already been essentially, you know, disassembled. Exactly. And I think it's really important to talk about how few never Trumpers are actually people who challenged anything about that disintegration of norms. You know, we had so many people who are like, oh, never Trump. Very few of them have actually stayed never Trump. A huge chunk of never Trumpers would rather oppose Democrats than oppose Trump. So we, we ended up losing, I mean, how many uh, vocal people in 2016, I think there's a national review cover that like listed all the people who were like, I'm never Trump. And, like half of those people have already been like, oh, I'm just anti anti Trump. And I'm just like, Marco Rubio was never Trump. Yeah. Oh my God. The amount of people who said that they were never Trump and now are just like, but I mean, when I say never Trump, I mean like, fiddles. when I say never Trump, I mean the ones who stayed. Like, yeah. Like George you know, Conway, Rick, Rick Wilson, Wilson, Steve Schmidt. Uh, uh, there's like a handful of political strategists the Lincoln who, who opted out. Lincoln Project people, I mean, but, like, here's the thing. There's, like, three dozen of them, maybe. They are not responsible for any votes. I might have written it on Twitter today, but, like, I just want to be clear. 
Donald Trump has a crazy high approval rating among Republicans. Republicans are not mad at him. They're not going to peel off any Republican voters. There's no, like, Republicans out there who are like, you know what? I think this Lincoln Project thing is cool. They're mostly like, those mother traitors. What the yeah. are they doing? What, what is going on here? They got to go. They're lying. They probably got evil connections to bad people because they're not into Trump. This is not a party that's like, oh, man, we're ready to look at ourselves. This is a party that, you know, like, is like, woo, basalts. Yeah. Florida man of political parties at <laughs> this moment in time. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I listened to Rick Wilson's podcast, and that's exactly his take. And he's like, they're a top, top Republican strategist. He knows what they're thinking, and that is also what he said. Although, like, there have been some shim- like some very small, um, small, small slivers <laughs> of hope. <laughs> very small, like the thing in the villages in Florida that there was like a yeah. Black Lives Matter protest. That's pretty crazy. And in return, there was also someone shouting "White Power" that got retweeted right. by the president of the United States. So you you win some and you lose some. We all right. are gonna go I know. Republicans. I mean. I think the, the question is, are people more secretly progressive inside the Republican Party, but don't want to say it? Or are they more secretly fascist and don't want to say it? I, I think I, they're I think more like, secretly ashamed of Trump and don't want to say it because they're either like, you know, somehow being extorted either directly or indirectly, or they're just like cowardly, you know? I mean, we've, we've attached a certain amount of it's kind of messed up. There's a certain amount of bravery to being racist now, you know, because we've said as a society, oh, don't be racist. <laughs> and so there's a whole bunch of people who are like, oh, you know what we need to do? Like, it's brave to be racist. Like, you're oppressing us. There's like a whole movement around people just being like, I got canceled because I said black people are inferior. <laughs> and no one will let me say that anymore. And I can't make a living saying it. And I'm just here being like, why, why should you get paid money to tell me I'm a monkey? What's going on in here? Like, no, I don't, in fact, I don't think you should be able to do that. And they're just like out there doing grievance trails, just meeting up with people being like, did you know I wasn't allowed to say the N-word anymore? But they say it all the time. They say it all the time. <laughs> you know, and you're like, that's not a problem. So, you know, there's, I, I worry that Republicans <laughs> are secretly fascist but don't want to admit it. And they, they ascribe a certain amount of bravery to being open with uh, their white supremacist thoughts um, because normally we say that's bad now. Um, but like yeah, that, there's, yeah. there's definitely a faction of, of those, of people who are like, you tell me I can't say it, I'm going to say it. And then they play the victim because like now, like they've got their freedom of speech taken away. <laughs> that's not how that works. It's the government doing it. That's, that's Portland. Portland is what freedom of speech being oppressed looks like. They're literally using First Amendment rights to peaceably assemble, and the government is literally disappearing them. That That's literally what it looks like to have your First Amendment rights violated. I mean, let's not talk about the irony. being told that you can't stop by the crab bar anymore. That's <laughs> not what that is. We don't want you at the seafood bar. Unfortunately, like, you insulted <laughs> our servers and called the monkeys, and now you can't stay. And they're like, wait, what? This is my freedom of speech being oppressed. Like, no, maybe just don't get delicious seafood for low prices now. <laughs> That's unfortunate, but, you know, Price like, you maybe pay. you feel more respect. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
and uh, I find that like never Trumpers are just like this very tiny faction of people who like are very unrepresentative of the Republican mindset. And so it's kind of like, why embrace them when, why, why embrace this faction when their values don't align with ours? They, they aren't actually upset about any of the, the policy that Trump enacts. They weren't there for Brett Kavanaugh. They weren't like opposing him. A lot of never Trumpers were like, this is unfair. You should give him a chance. I was like, that was before he was, he had plenty of issues, by the way, outside of Dr. Blasey Ford. Like, he had lots of issues well before that happened. And they were still like, yeah, this guy just got his debt cleared up last year of like over $200,000. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. I'm like, based on what? His salary is a federal judge? Absolutely not. Where did his money come from? You know, like, we didn't even get into that. Sketchy as hell. None of those people were there for that. That aspect where Republicans became responsible for things, all of a sudden, they just narrowed it all down to Trump. And I, I worry about inviting people like that into the Democratic coalition because, honestly, they're directly and diametrically opposed to my interests. And regardless of whether or not they want to get rid of Trump, like, cool, do that in your own time, on your own dime. Not my issue. You don't get to come to my party. I think there's sort of like a line and that people of this ilk should sort of be like kept at the distance proportionate to their level of ethical ideology that they've shown. So, you know, they they really don't align with them, the Democratic Party and the Democratic ideals and definitely not with like the direction that the party is going. At the same time, I'm resistant to putting them in the same camp as like an actual Trump supporter. Because I think there is something to, even if, you know, maybe people form their views for a lot of reasons. And if someone is kind of able to say, or even has like sort of the, you know, ethical history that they were even able to do this without having to kind of face some level of extortion. If someone's able to do that, I feel like I can look at them and be like, okay, like maybe they can be swayed on some other issues. So while we don't need to like invite them in, we can also engage in conversation where it's not really possible to engage in a conversation with like Mitch McConnell, to be honest. Um, And that's kind of, I think, where there's maybe a difference. And not that like, I think that because the other thing is that they're not really, like you said, they're not really representative of like that many people. But my feeling on those people is that they may know more people who are maybe on the fringe. I don't think we're going to really ever peel away like the true Trump supporter, but I do think that those types of people may be able to reach someone who is not the deep core inside the air conditioning of the Trump supporter. <laughs> but, you know, maybe they're 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 maybe they've maybe they have some level of openness because you know people are complicated and they're, you know, they're complex. So maybe that's the benefit of the never that's what that's what i look to the never i look for the never trump person and i'm like okay so like great that you have at least come this far maybe you can a listen a little bit on the democratic side and maybe some of your ideology will shift and and then also use that position that you have to sort of reach that next level of trump supporter who may be i don't know somewhat movable yeah, I, I think that there's a, a possibility. I just, I really worry about depressing Democratic turnout. 
Um, yeah. Democratic turnout has been a huge, huge aspect of, I mean, that's why Republicans go through so much effort to suppress it. Like John Kasich, when he established a, basically a commission to make sure that food assistance went to white rural places um, rather than black urban people. So I think about how he tried to like starve black people in his state. Um, you know, like it makes it hard for me to like open up a certain amount of, of forgiveness on that, which uh, I mean, because I think it comes down to grievance. I think it comes about um, arguing. I think it comes about there's there's a huge amount of Republican politics that has been for a very long time based about based around hating other people, you know, and excluding other people and not letting liberals win. It doesn't really matter what the topic is. It doesn't matter if that makes the country better. It, it, it's not about that. I mean, think about the amount of vitriol Obama got. He saved us from the worst recession since the Great Depression. Like, an actual structural collapse of our economy because it was putting money in the wrong places. He did this teeny tiny amounts to fix that. He got a huge amount of vitriol from people who were happy to vote for TARP under Bush but then turned around and blamed Obama for it the moment he took office. Most people don't even realize that TARP happened under Bush, happened in like November 20, uh, 2000, 2008, before Barack Obama was inaugurated. But Obama gets the credit. Credit. Under Republicans. We talk about the ACA being dismantled. A lot of people are, know that it will be bad, but they want people to suffer. I wonder really deeply if there's a way to peel off that. Is there a way to get people to stop seeing the suffering of their political opponents as a fundamental good? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, so I can't, I think that part of what we can't um, discredit is the degree to which racism plays into the Republican policies and their resistance to, I guess, going with a more liberal or progressive policy. And that's kind of the reason I feel like the Democratic Party owes it to people of color to not include these people who maybe hate Trump, but are not, you know, aligned with their interests whatsoever, because I think that that is sort of the fundamental thing. But the other piece of it is, I don't mean like we can peel them off with their ideology as it is today. But I believe in like the power of exposure to new ideas can actually change people's minds. And we can't, let's say, okay, we talk a lot about how Fox News has done so much damage. If there was something to replace that, if there was another like way for people to hear another point of view, maybe from a messenger who they who they respect. That's why like the Chris Wallace interview was such like a big deal because it came on Fox News. Um, and that's kind of like the way I see that we should be, I guess, kind of engaging with that type of Republican in, you know, it's not like, you know, we're, we don't want to give them, I think, a, a voice more than they deserve within the, our party because they don't represent our party. They don't represent the people of our party's interests and even are actively against them. But they, in some ways, do share our interests. And I think that the opportunity is really in exposing the people who who they can communicate with to more i don't know progressive progressive views 
Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to, I, I understand. And I have, I mean, I know Republicans personally. I mean, technically all of us do. If you, two out of three white men are Republicans or voted for Trump. So like by definition, if you're, if you live around, around a certain number of people, you're going to run into a Republican. You're going to, they're going to be complex, morally devote, you know, human beings. Like, I, I'm not saying that people are like amoral monsters every time they vote Republican. I think it's just kind of a questioning at this point of like, can the Republican party be salvaged in any meaningful way? And I think that fundamentally, you know, never Trump believes that the party has lost its way. And I believe that the party should be nuked from orbit, nuked from orbit. I'm very, I'm very aliens about this. There, you know, in the sense that the Republican party has in, in for a very long time going all the way back to Goldwater, even further back, I was going to forget, had gotten to the census. So I would have mentioned that the, the Republican party literally did not conduct a census in 1920 because uh, urban areas were outgrowing. That's right. Immigrants were outgrowing their rural power. So they just destroyed the census in 1920, decided that it was never going to be held, then went back to the 1910 apportionment rules for House and seats, and then said you can't add any more House seats, which is why Wyoming has significantly more proportionate representation in our government than California does. It's done deliberately to crush minority and diverse populations. That was done a century ago. That was done deliberately to keep people from having power outside rural spaces. That's the only reason we have 435 members of Congress is because they deliberately wanted to keep people who are diverse from having political impact. So we've been doing this for a long time now. Well, what you said about the Republican Party being nuked into space, that's kind of like, it. I, I kind of feel like that has to be where this is going. Like my, I feel like after this, you're not going to necessarily have the Republican Party as you knew it, but there, there also seems to be an even stronger split between, like, let's say, a moderate Democrat and and a, I don't know, maybe a Never Trump Republican Party versus like a progressive party. That seems to be sort of like where things are headed, assuming we don't like end up in Handmaid's Tale situation, like literally. So I think that those are the two paths: we're either Handmaid's Tale or we are two new parties made which is essentially a moderate Democrat and like semi-sane Republicans and then progressive Democrats. Um, Yeah. yeah. And then the, and then I guess in that scenario, you have like the Trump people are like banished Nazis. (laughs) They've all fled to Argentina, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> our bad. <laughs> we did it again. <laughs> our bad. We didn't mean to do that. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think like the I've said a lot of times that the Democratic Party represents the entire spectrum of sanity in uh, American politics. To me, that means that like that means our tent is too big. It's too big. I would love to have our sides cleave cleanly into moderate sane people who we disagree with and us like that'd be great yeah. think about all the conversations we could have hey how can we get health care to all the people i think it should be done in a market-based way i think it should be done by the government oh cool where do you want to get health care to all the people instead of burn all the people who don't already have health care and if you sign up lose health care also burn also i'm like 
what is happening? This is not an idea we can even talk about. So like, it'd be great. <laughs> I would, would love it. Um, yeah, you're uh, right. The so John really... Cage speaking at the convention gets us there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is... <laughs> Talking about Republicans, that's like my, my energy right now, clearly. <laughs> but it has been great. Thank you so much. All right. Let's remind everyone um, to follow you at Gotham Girl Blue. Follow me at Sammy and follow at the Betches Sup. Subscribe to the newsletter, betches.co slash sup. Sign up. Elise writes it every day. It is so funny. And um, until the return of democracy, I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this has been the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to Sup at Betches.com. Betches.